Welcome to the Movies Watch Before You Die podcast. I am your host, Dylan, along with my cousin and co-host. Gab. And today we are talking about a movie that I have nominated for one you've gots to go. Uh, no, it's a movie to watch before you die. I'm starting over. <laughs> I hated that so much. Okay. I thought it was good. No, I hated I it. it. I regretted it immediately. Why? I thought it was good. Terrible. Okay. Fine, um, we'll press I through. Vote, we'll press through. I vote we stay. Yeah, We're I thought stay it was right funny. Now. A movie I've nominated is a movie to watch before you die. Uh, it is 2013's This Is The End. Gab, why don't you save me for myself and tell me what the hell is this movie about? What's this all been about? What am I working toward? You think you know everything about me, don't you? I die, but you're bothered. I bloody well ought to. Oh, well, Dylan, this movie is about some beloved actors. Um, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, uh, James Franco, Danny McBride, Craig Robinson, Jonah Hill, etc. Um, experiencing the rapture and trying to survive. Okay, let's see if IMDb says the same thing. The IMDb pot summary, six Los Angeles celebrities are stuck in James Franco's house after a series of devastating events just destroyed the city. Inside, the group not only have to face the apocalypse, but themselves. I thought mine was better. I kind of think yours is better too, because that almost makes it sound more dramatic. Yeah. They have to face themselves. It's like, well, yeah, but like, that's not. It's more like know. they have to face each other. Yeah. Yeah. They have to deal with each other. Like, nobody's fighting to the death in there. Yeah. As yeah, I think yeah, about yeah. if they did. Um, You want to hear some taglines? They're very meh. Uh, aren't they always? Not always, but Go these ahead. are. Ending <laughs> summer 2013, which is clearly right. just a poster line. Stupid. Nothing ruins a party like the end of the world. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like I appreciate it in the fact that it's not a tagline that at least could apply to every single movie that's ever happened, like some of them are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we've got that out of the way. Should we talk more about what the movie's about? Should we get into spoilers a little bit, or should we head into our opinions? No, we can We can just give a quick uh, overview Dill, i think you probably do a better job at this um i i really don't think there's like a ton that needs to be said just based on like it's very silly um but you can expand on what you think is the most important stuff the basics of the plot is jay Bearshell is visiting seth uh, seth rogan um and he always stays with seth when he's in la he is coming to visit for the weekend and seth that night decides to try and bring him over to his Hollywood friend's house, James Franco, so that he can try and sort of mix his friend groups, um, which may or may not go well. But before it really has any opportunity to get going, all of a sudden they leave for a bit and the rapture starts to happen. People start getting sucked up into the sky. Um, shenanigans ensue and it's how will they survive? Will they realize what's going on? Will they be able to get raptured themselves to heaven or will they you know, die in the process or, you know, go straight to hell. Um, do you get raptured to heaven? I don't think that's, I don't, I, I, I think guess the rapture, rapture is the event. Yeah. yeah. Rapture is, is not a verb. He is risen like, like bread. Will you get yeasted? Yeah. Will you get yeeted? Is that what yeeted means? <laughs> I think that might be what, I think some people got yeeted some before they even, <laughs> yeah, they didn't even know that yeeting was a, was a thing and it happened to them. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's good. Um, at the end of the day, those actors that I listed are really your main crew that are in James Franco's house trying to avoid like any further damage. There's people that come in and out. You've got your I'm sure Emma we'll Watson. Mention a lot more of the cameos. Yeah, Emma Watson is yeah. one of the bigger ones. Um, I, yeah. The great thing about this movie and the hook for this movie from the moment I saw the trailer back in 2013 is everyone is playing themselves. Obviously, yeah. you know, it's a heightened, ridiculous version of that. But Seth Rogen is playing Seth Rogen in the movie. Jay Baruchel is playing Jay Baruchel and everyone else is playing themselves, which makes it, you know, I think much funnier than if they were playing characters. Like the yeah. hook for this movie is that it's the celebrities trying to survive. Yeah, I All would right. agree with that. Opinions? Please. In this critic's opinion. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. There's two portions of this movie that are my favorite. The first is just everything, like, when you get to James Franco's party and figuring out the dynamics of all the fake celebrities. Like, Michael Sarah is so good in this movie as a coked-up, crazy deviant. Like, Michael Sarah's going around smacking Rihanna's ass, getting blowjobs in the bathroom, like he's the most ridiculous character in this movie and obviously probably the furthest from what any of these people is like in real life. Um, but you have so many cameos that I think are all great. Like, uh, Paul Rudd shows up very briefly. So great. I was really hoping he was going to come back. It'd be nice if he does come back more, but the brief moment he's there is really funny because he's, he's also playing like a heightened version of, What's Paul Rudd known for being like super nice in every movie he's in and funny? And he's just super, yeah. super nice and funny in this. Um, but side note, did you happen to see a recent photo of Paul Rudd with a mustache looking his age? If Paul Rudd is aging, the whole world is doomed. Like, I feel like I that's know. the first sign of the actual rapture. Talk about the fucking rapture. He looks, I think he's like 54. And I was like, yeah, he looks 54, 100%. Oh, no. I know. First of all, he it? is 54. I know from the Super Bowl, right? With the mustache. I haven't seen the photo yet. He was at the Super Bowl. Did I miss this? I don't know, Dylan. Just Google Paul Rudd Super Bowl mustache. I'm looking at it now. Uh, you know what? He still looks pretty good for 54. Listen, yeah, by our standards, but not by Paul Rudd's standards. Yes, he could still easily pass for you know for 44 here. That's the one. Why is he so skinny? Why has he got so many wrinkles? Why does he look like somebody's dad? Well, first of all, he's definitely somebody's dad. Second of all, you can't always stay in Ant-Man shape. That's him with his son in that photo. That's his son? Let me see. Yeah. Which it makes sense. It looks like him. Oh, I shouldn't really say does. It. He's a person. He looks like him. Yeah, yeah. That's so nice. Isn't it nice when celebrities have kids and it's like, oh, I can see how you that's half of you. That's half yours. It also must be nice to be able to be like, hey, kid. I'm going to drop 10 grand minimum so that we can go to the Super Bowl together. Yeah. 10 grand per ticket. Yeah. 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 Or maybe yeah, the MCU has a box or something. I don't know. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, He's got a great cameo. Aziz Ansari is really funny in the brief moment he shows up. Kevin Hart. It's the most I like Kevin Hart in pretty much anything I see him in because I'm not normally like a huge fan. That's so interesting. Corey felt the same way. And then we saw him do stand up live. We went to Madison Square Garden for um, it was like, oh, fuck, who headlined? It was Chris Rock, maybe Chris Rock, Kevin Hart. Um, and Kevin Hart was like significantly funnier than either one of us thought he was going to be. Hmm. 
I'm trying That's to my story. you know who else is really good too um christopher Minsplass, who is more famously he's mclovin from super bad but like Yeah. it's this nice little reunion moment of michael Sarah, him and jonah hill and michael Sarah, being the coke fiend he is blows coke directly in his face for no reason he's just like he just gives such a genuine i've never done this reaction and he's so scared I don't know. I think I just like everyone in the movie already. Like I have this predisposed idea to like them. So I like their characters much more. Um, Of the main characters, you know, who gives my favorite performance by far. I want to guess, Go ahead. based on what I know about you, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is probably second. Jonah Hill Danny is, McBride. it's Danny McBride. Oh, that's what I was going to say first. And then I went Jonah Hill because I thought maybe the Judaism would help. But God damn it. Jonah Hill Should is have known. phenomenal in this movie, but Danny McBride enters this movie like a tidal wave. Like he just takes over from that point of the movie to being the most interesting character in every scene he's in until he's suddenly out of the movie again. Can I just, can I, can I say something? You can. You're allowed to on this podcast. That is half yours. Thank you so much. I, with a, with the fire of a thousand suns. I'm sorry. That's all the time we had for you to speak on this podcast. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> with every ounce of, of true passion in my soul, I fucking hate Danny McBride. Hate him. In And I'm general? going to tell you. Yes. And let me tell you why. Okay. This is the truth. Think about where we are from. Okay. For those listening who are not familiar, we are from a little place called Long Island, New York. And I want you to think about how many fucking gross, disgusting Danny McBrides, you know, of all ages, but specifically middle ages. <laughs> think about friends, dads. Think about like gross janitors think about like all What? of those people who are specifically maybe this is more of a suffolk county thing danny mcbride i hate them all and i hate him the most as So there's their no mascot specific reason for Danny McBride, which you know he's not from Long Island, right? He's from Georgia. no 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 i know i Okay. know it's just it's something about the way he looks it's something about the way he talks it's something about the way he carries himself it's something about the way he is trash And we're it's it's like oh, but it's funny. It's not funny. I don't think Does it's funny. kind of remind me of someone we both knew from growing up, Scott? Oh my god, it is so fun. First of all, I want to make it very clear that we're not talking about Scott and Toronto who wrote the music for this podcast. We're talking A very different about Scott from our childhood, yes. we're yes, yes, yes. We're talking about our aunt's ex boyfriend, who, by the way, I think is dead. Oh, that's terrible. I don't want to I wait, know. really? I, I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, Dill, because I thought about how nobody in our family is ever going to hear this. Um, I, I was thinking about how much we all loved him and how he was such a good person. He just didn't have his shit together. And no matter what, he was never going to have his shit together. And remember his dog, Casey, he had a dog named Casey. She was like Yeah. a, like a shepherd mix or something like that. He was just such a good guy. And our aunt left him because he was never going to be like a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, which the fucking irony. Um, but like Whoa. just meaning like who <laughs> Shots she's fired with now. at people who will never hear the podcast. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm not talking about her. I'm saying the guy she's with now is also Yeah, I know like who you're talking. arguably about. I'm not way an idiot. worse. 
Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, he he was a really, really good person. But all of those types of people who were just like don't have their shit together, are just like drunk in the middle of the day, are like shooting off illegal fireworks in the middle of August. It's like, yeah, you're trash. Like you're disgusting. You look like you live in a trailer park. And there are so many of them where we're from. And so many people think that it's like this like endearing, like, oh, but like, they're so cool. And it's like, no, they're the worst part of us and where we're from. Yeah, generally that type of thing is only cool on like the sitcom, like Cheers, where like we're not seeing the rest of that person's life. Yes. Yeah. You gotta have your but stuff you together, know. but it's very difficult to have your stuff together. Yeah, but you know so many Danny McBrides. I'm sure you went to high school with a bunch of them. Yes, I'm I sure. will say you're, you're putting way too much on actual Danny McBride, though. I'm like, sure he's lovely. Not, he's but obviously not movie, like this. <laughs> every movie he's in, he's like, titties. And it's like not cute. It's not funny. I don't know. It just really strikes a nerve with me. And it feels like every fucking gross white guy that I've ever known growing up. So did you not find him funny at all in this movie? I just am predisposed not to like him. There were definitely moments that I did find really, really funny. I just, anytime he's on screen, I'm just like, ugh, I hate this guy. Because can I also, tell you- Oh, you ahead. know who's the biggest? I'm sorry. I'm going to throw this in there one more time. You know who's the biggest fucking Danny McBride of all time? Three, two, one. My father. Okay. So anyway, maybe that's where this is coming from. Let me call my therapist. Gav, put that put that liter of vodka down, Gav. You don't need it. <laughs> my Stanley um, Cup. Can I tell you what my favorite moment in this entire movie is? Because it's a Danny McBride moment. Please do. And then I'll tell you my favorite mo moment okay. in this movie. Your favorite movement. <laughs> if we ever do like <laughs> babe we can do your favorite movement <laughs> thank you um there is a moment where they're all fighting and one thing that has been important is james franco keeps all his props most importantly the pistol from the movie flyboys mm -hmm. at some point they're fighting and danny mcbride's bitching out james franco and james franco says that's it i'm gonna kill this motherfucker and he holds up the gun to danny mcbride who grabs hold of his hand puts his mouth around the barrel and once nothing happens pulls the gun out of his mouth and he goes that's what i thought nerd <laughs> yes away. and it is I actually, so fucking great i wrote that down um oh man i wrote it somewhere about this oh. God, I can't find it now. Something about nerd is really funny. Danny McBride calling James Franco a nerd was funny. That's a direct quote that I what wrote makes, down. Yeah, what makes it even better is... Oh, no, my brain. I've lost it. Oh, what makes it even better, going back to, you know, physical media and me being a big fan of it, which I don't know if I even said that just now, but in general, it's well known that I'm a fan of physical media, is yes. I remember from the DVD that it has bloopers on it. And one of the hardest things for them to get is him doing that. So he would just keep putting his mouth around the fucking prop gun and then just cracking up and be like, that's what I thought, nerd. Like, like you couldn't get oh it out. Oh my God. And it makes it funnier upon rewatch having seen that. Um, Another part of this, that scene that I really, or that, that sort of motif that I really like is when Jonah Hill takes the gun and he's like, bang, bang. Bang bang bang, <laughs> bang, 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 bang. That was very funny. And he's pointing um, at people. He's going, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm going to give us a bang, bang, bang. He's like holding it up to himself. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it does hit a little different now after uh, Cowboy Jones or whatever that movie was called. Iron Iron Cowboy with, 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 with Alex. <laughs> you talking about the movie with Zac Efron? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> the movie where where he killed somebody on accident with a prop gun. Oh, I think you're talking about the Iron of... Claw. No, I'm trying you're to talking think about of... Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, and what was the movie called? Steel Steel Toe Cowboy. I don't know. I don't boots. know. It's definitely it was not that. Like, iron Iron Casket. The Iron Lady. <laughs> it was something like that. Um. Yeah, now every time I see a prop gun, I'm like, well. Rust? Not funny. Rust. <laughs> you, are, you are not iron, close. Iron rust. Anyway. Okay, now oh it's my, my turn to tell you my favorite. There are two things in this movie that I found extraordinarily relatable. Okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when James Frank... No, I'm sorry. When Seth Rogen picks up Jay Baruchel at the airport, and he's talking about, can we go to Carl's Jr.? And he's telling him all about being on a cleanse. And he says, I stopped eating gluten. And Jay Baruchel is like, what do you mean you don't eat gluten? And his response was, well, gluten, you know, it's like a it's like a blanket term for things that are bad. And then calories, he says, and I quote, calories, that's a gluten. Bad, that's a gluten. <laughs> gluten is just things that are bad. And I was like, oh, my God, that's like me talking to every nutrition client I've ever had where they're like, yeah, I don't eat gluten, like calories. And it's like, ah. And then he starts talking about the cleanse and then they immediately pull into Carl's Jr. And I was like, yep, that's that's my life. That's about right. That's <laughs> and what I, I love do that on movie a daily of basis. Seth Rogen, that moment of Seth Rogen going, mm, gluten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There was, yeah. a, there was a time with my grandma who I've told many a story about on this podcast by this point where I can't remember why, but she was like, I'm not eating gluten. First of all, she's 93 now. She was probably, you know, 83 at the time. So I'm like. Really, Grandma? Why at eighty-three years old are you cutting out gluten? What's what's the impetus for gluten now? And she's yeah. like, "My friend Cookie isn't eating gluten. I don't think I should be eating gluten." Which does every old person have a friend, or is the person named Cookie? Is everybody yeah, like? When do people? At what age do you start going by Cookie? Somebody does at every like it's like a transformation happens when you get your AARP card that it's like <laughs> I will now be the Cookie for the people of my community. Do you think it should be me? Should I be the Cookie? Although they're, we're missing, we're missing the very obvious joke about cookie not eating gluten. They do make gluten free cookie. They have to. They because she had celiac. They, yeah. So she actually could not have gluten. But grandma, I'm like, grandma, you can have gluten. It's not a problem for you. And she's like, I can't have gluten anymore. She's getting angry about it. And I go, what's gluten, grandma? And she goes, what? And I went, what is gluten? Tell me what it is. <laughs> and she goes. It's the glue that holds the. <laughs> I'm like, why no. did you know the, the the glue? And like, she's making the hand gesture, like it, it holds it together. And I'm like, I, I don't think so. And you know what? You're gonna have gluten. Right? <laughs> she has since forgotten about this. She eats gluten now, just fine. Oh my god, that is that. Yeah, that tracks fully. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I really did love the line. Uh, they're talking about Craig Robinson and they go sweats a lot, but he's a great guy. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like me talking about all of my clients. <laughs> I, there's a lot of, because it's, you know, it's all celebrities, but they're all just talking about like friendships and stuff. It does become relatable in a sense. Like when James Franco's talking about like fucking Danny McBride, like he's doing his video confessional. Like, yeah, we've all probably had a friend that were like, God, I don't think I want to hang out with him anymore. But what's great is Danny McBride skulking in the background, like fucking hearing him say every word of it. Yeah. Um, you know what line? Which, I by love the it? way, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been like talking shit about somebody and they hear you? A thousand percent. 
a thousand percent. And I feel awful about it every time. But yes, it's happened. okay. Of course. Yeah, of course. We're all human. My friend Haley, who will never hear this, Haley, um, one time in college, but You're she's a lot of bets than us. No one will ever hear these. I know. I'm like, nobody listens to this. It's just me and you in a safe space. Um Haley is like 27 years old right now. So when she was in college, things like she had access to technology that you and I didn't get until afterwards. So she had an Apple watch crazy to think that people in college had Apple watches, but she had an Apple watch and she and her friend were talking shit about somebody and Siri called them. And so it, it went to voicemail, but she left this really long voicemail talking shit about this person. She was and the then person was like, she was talking shit about? Yes. Yes. And then she was like, she had, to, she had to be like, oh my God, please don't listen to that voicemail. I'm talking about really like sensitive things about myself, like medical things. Like, please just delete it. And he didn't. He listened to it. And well, yeah, because like, once you go, I'm talking about super sensitive secret things. Nobody's like, well, I can't listen to it now. No. You know what that would right. make me do? I have to listen immediately. Yeah, exactly. Especially like. I know, like, you know, the, you know a cover-up when you hear one, you know? But anyway. I don't um, trust any of these devices. I don't have, hey, Siri, on my phone. I Like, yeah. I hate when the device accidentally listens. Uh, the door's closed. She can't hear me. Alexa, she she terrifies me. I don't trust her. I know. I know. I hate it, too. Um, Speaking of things I hate, I fucking absolutely hate it. Did you hear me burp into the microphone when I said that? I didn't realize, but keep going. Okay, good, good. Hopefully nobody else did either. I fucking hate it <laughs> when I have plans with someone and they spring on me not just different plans, but different plans with other fucking people. Absolutely not. No, 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 and no. Do not tell me it's just going to be me and you hanging out and then say, oh, by the way, we're going to a party with a bunch of other people. Absolutely not. I am not mentally prepared for that. I thought it was just a me and you thing. Yeah, adding, adding any people to a plan is not cool without specifically, like, it, the only difference is maybe if you're already together and I go, do you mind if this person, you know, hangs out too? But even then, it's like, you shouldn't do that either. I don't know. It depends Once on the, the plan is set, the plan is in place. It's, it, it. you know what, let me, let me, let me be more specific. If it's like me and you and you're like, hey, can Zach come? It's like, yeah, obviously Zach can come. Like, that's my cousin. Like, we're the three of us, of course. If it's me and you and you're like, hey, do you mind if we also go hang out with all of the my friends from high school that you don't know? Then it's like, no, absolutely not, because I thought this was a me and you thing. Well, that makes sense, too. Of course, it matters. It matters what the plan was already, and it matters who you're adding to the plan. Absolutely. It's like, it's like you're baking a cake. You know what I mean? It's It's one thing if I say, hey, you mind if I add a little bit more butter? Sure, that that goes well on a cake. If somebody says, "Hey, do you mind if I add some vinegar?" No, you don't put that in my cake. Does vinegar huh. go in cakes? I don't. I don't bake. I I'm not positive, but you, the way that you're talking about ingredients and in baking so cavalierly makes me believe that you don't know how to bake. So I, I have no idea how to bake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a question, James Franco. We cool with him? I don't think so. I think this what was happened? like the last of James Franco. I think he was a uh, coming on to women who were. Younger than he should have been. Uh, and uh, yeah, generally not cool. He's very funny um, in this movie, but he's like not the funniest. Yeah, his character is kind of not set up to be the funniest, yeah. though. Um, Although I do like them making fun of him specific things. Like when they're like making fun of the green, the green goblin can't afford this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Corey 
has a, a, a pretty interesting take. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thought on this and anybody listening. Not that anybody's listening. Um, hey, Lane Corey... Scott, leave your comments below. <laughs> so, R.I.P. Um, I really now I'm, I have to ask my mom if he's dead. Um, Corey doesn't love Seth Rogen for abandoning James Franco as a friend after that whole scandal came out. James Franco kind of like ditched him. Thoughts? You mean Seth Rogen ditched him? Yeah, sorry. Seth Rogen dished James Franco. Ditched. Ditched James Franco. (laughs) (laughs) Well, words are hard. It depends. It depends. Like, you know, if your friend murders somebody, you're not supposed to be like, yeah, but he's a great guy. You know what I mean? Like maybe Seth Rogen still hangs out with James Franco on the down low. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it, it would be weird to be like, I publicly think he's great because then he's just torpedoing himself too. Yeah, but I, yeah. And it's true that there's like a public, you know, persona or whatever like to deal with here. But I think that it, it, it I, I know for a fact that if Corey's best friend Frank made some kind of bad decision like that, that he would still be like, but that's my best friend and like he's an idiot but i love him still and you know whatever and it it i think this is a little different than killing somebody right like it obviously but like if zach commits a horrendous crime another person who won't listen to this podcast right. if, if zach ends up committing a horrendous crime am i gonna visit him in jail sure am i gonna go publicly you know have town halls where i say zach's actually a great dude probably not you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one thing. Maybe he still supports him personally. He doesn't have to use his, you know, celebrity pulpit to be like, James Franco is great and you're all wrong. Like if he did something that's wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would expect Corey to still be Frank's friend in that scenario. I wouldn't expect Corey to go and tell everyone else that they're wrong about Frank and that no matter what Frank did, Frank should be loved and respected. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's layers to this shit player. Tiramisu. Um, Jonah Hill being super nice and saying weird things is maybe for me the most relatable part of this movie. Fake nice Jonah Hill. I I love him in this movie. Yes. Jonah Hill from Moneyball. Right. I, I cannot begin to tell you how many times in my day, like every day, I see somebody that either I feel like I had a weird interaction with or I don't want them to dislike me and I think feel like maybe they do or worse I think maybe they think I dislike them so I'm like hey those shoes are so cool you are so cool you know I saw on Instagram that you went to a petting zoo that's so dope I love petting chickens and then I'm like ah and I've just made it so much worse everyone knows your references are off the hook (laughs) it's one of those types of things yeah um it's also very relatable because I totally know people in my own life who it's like, listen, I know you don't like me. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of you. We don't have to do this. Yeah. We don't have 100%. to fake this. A hundred percent. And he's just got some great lines. Like him talking about his dog. He just adopted Aja, who doesn't know yeah. how to bark. She can only, she just looks She's scream, incontinent. She goes, <laughs> It's good. Ha- did it's you notice good. that when Seth Rogen is in heaven at the end of the movie, spoilers, I guess, that he's holding Asha? <laughs> no, I didn't notice. Yes. That's um, funny. Can we talk about, like, you know, I think it's a very funny movie. There's not too much to talk about besides it's funny. But one thing I will talk about is 
the possession of Jonah Hill. Sure. The exorcism of Jonah Hill, I guess I should say, which is one, the makeup is great on it. Two, they end up, you know, hijinks ensue and the bed that he is strapped to is set on fire. And they do a great job with like several shots of a man who is actually on fire chasing them. And I just think that that's really cool because whatever he's wearing, like a Jonah Hill mask, it looks really good. And there are several times where like, oh no, they're clearly standing right next to actual fire. Like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of scenes where it's like, oh, they're in front of a green screen right now, but that's not one of them. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, There's a line that I, somebody I think says to Jay Baruchel, and I don't remember who, but they say they're talking about him being a hipster. And they're accusing him of being a hipster. And he's like, I'm not a hipster. And they go, I bet you hate movies that are universally loved. Forrest Gump. And he's like, yeah, piece of Horrendous trash. Horrendous piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so good. Oh. <laughs> Another Jay Baruchel line that I really like. Which he's sort of your audience stand-in. Because I, I feel like because he's probably the least mainstream famous of these actors. Yeah. But he has a great moment where he goes, I don't need a group. I'm like DMX. I'm a lone wolf. And Seth Rogen has a great retort. DMX isn't a lone wolf. DMX has the Rough Rider crew. You can't stop, drop, and open up shop alone. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh at that. I thought that was really good. I thought that was very funny. Um, okay, I'm going to read you a couple of my notes just in the order of how they come out. Okay, so this is sort of like my experience watching. Michael Sarah is so funny. Yes. Uh, you you've watched Arrested Development, of course, a long time ago. But yes, okay. I've never seen him Brilliant. in anything that I thought he wasn't good at, though. I've yeah. seen him in things that weren't good, but he was never the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, he just is so specific. I feel for him, but he does such a good job at, at making fun of himself and being funny that like he works in so many different roles. Um, then I wrote Craig Robinson used to be a music teacher. Is, did you look that up, or you just knew that? Uh, I I just knew that, but I think I knew that from his time of like playing the piano and singing on The Office, that huh. he was a music teacher before he became be a an cool actor. music teacher. Um, I I have the warm fuzzies for him big time. He is generally very likable, but I think most of these actors, I think a lot of them are probably him the okay. most. I feel like he has the least like going against him. I feel like if anybody. Yeah, he yeah. is. He I have the warm fuzzies for him in a big way. I always have. And I think maybe that might be due to my love for the office and like his role on the office. Um, but he's amazing. I love him. So um, the next thing I wrote is what the fuck are you making me watch? At which point was this? I don't remember. OK. Um, did, how much did you next... know going into this movie? Very little, but I'll tell you what, I, I've seen Hot Tub Time Machine like three times, and this is the same thing. What the? See, you said that when I brought up doing this movie. Yes, that you I were did. Like, I've seen Hot Tub Time Machine. They could not be less similar. I'm telling you, it's the same movie. Okay. That makes me worry for your eyes and your brain. Okay. okay. Um. Next, I wrote Paul Rudd. So I guess what the fuck are you making me watch was early on. Maybe it's Michael Sarah in the bathroom that made you say that. Oh, it was definitely Michael Sarah in the bathroom, but also I think Michael Sarah becoming impaled by the light post. Oh my God. That's a great moment when he's talking about who took my fucking cell phone. And when he's up on the pole and it starts ringing. 
That's yeah. embarrassing. Oh, boo. Boo you. Uh, yeah, no. Then I wrote, bang, bang, you're dead. Jonah Hill is the best part of this movie. I stand by that. Okay. Then I wrote, Danny McBride is disgusting. I also stand by that. I do not. I think he's maybe the MVP of the movie. Okay. Then I wrote, how am I expected to believe that this mansion has an outside cellar door and not a below level basement? Because fuck you. That's the movie. That's your big problem. No, I'm just saying that, like, I don't believe it. I get it that it has to happen for plot purposes, but you're not fooling anybody. Um, Then I wrote Danny McBride calling James Franco a nerd was funny. And then I wrote nerd. James Franco has a lot more to admit than just this. What does he admit? At the end, he's like, I don't know. He was like, I've been a bad person. Oh, okay. At some point when they're all admitting they've done terrible shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's really all I wrote. Did you laugh at Sinkhole de Mayo? <laughs> <laughs> I chuckled. Okay. Um, You know, it's a really funny scene to me, too. The one guy who shows up who is not a celebrity during the time when they're barricaded in the house. The guy who's asking to be let in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, when they're talking about it, when he's right there and he's going, you should let me in. I can hear you. Like The guy just has such a way of delivering the lines. Like there's a moment where he goes, he could be a looter or a rapist or a titty fucker. And he goes, you want me to titty fuck you? If you want me to, I will. So good. You'll love it. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's the desperate yeah. delivery. That is so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's another one of the very few like practical effects moments of the movies when his head, he gets decapitated by something outside. And they're all kicking the head around like a soccer ball. And we briefly switch to severed head cam where we're looking up as we're getting kicked around on the camera. And there's a moment where Jonah Hill goes, guys, this was a person. This is their head. And he goes to pick it up and it's tripping. He goes, ew, and he drops it. Like <laughs> every moment of that scene is great to me. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of, you know. Is there any anything else that really stands out to me? I, I do love, as you can tell by how I started it, James Franco talking about David McBride going, he's got to go. He's got to go. Motherfucker's yeah. got to go. It's yeah, just that was stupid. stupid. So stupid. I also, um, I, I think it's worth noting that when the demon, I already hate that, that I have to say this, when the demon is like chasing after them, Oh, actually, no. When the demon comes to Jonah Hill and possesses him, mm-hmm. it has a giant dick. Yes. And I didn't appreciate that. Can I tell you, that's a reference to Rosemary's baby. Like, obviously not specifically the giant penis, but the way that that's shot where she, you know, Jonah Hill opens his eyes and he can just see the demon who is, you know, forcibly making love to him. <laughs> um, And you just see the red eyes and Jonah Hill going... This is real. That's very specifically a reference to Rosemary's Baby. Mm. Um, you know, maybe not the most tasteful joke in the movie. I'd probably agree. Yeah. But yeah, it happens. Okay. They can't all land. Yeah. Uh, another thing I love about the exorcism of Jonah Hill. You've yeah. seen, have you seen The Exorcist? Yes, but a long time ago, but yeah. But you're well aware of the line, the power of Christ compels you? Of course. I love Jonah Hill going, does it, is it compelling? Is it compelling me? It doesn't feel very compelling. (laughs) Yeah, I did like that. And then him being like, oh, it burns a little. Guys, it's starting to sting. Fuck off. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was very funny. Yeah. And did you not like Danny McBride finally fully becomes, you know, the character you want to hate when he is the leader of the cannibals? Did you not love that with the great, maybe the best cameo in the movie by Channing Tatum? I hated it. What? Hated it. That that specifically, you'd hit the nail on the head in terms of humor that I don't think is funny. Why? Dylan, I don't I mean, know. You don't have to defend I, it. It's your opinion. Like you're allowed to think I, it's I just, not funny, but it, it the only way that I can put it, and I'm gonna piss some people off, not that anybody listens to this, but it's boy humor. Like, I don't think it's funny that Channing Tatum is his like gay sex slave. Like, that doesn't make me laugh. Okay. I don't I I I I don't know why. Like like I get it. It's like how how funny. Ha ha ha. Channing Tatum is so much better looking than Danny McBride and why would he be but it isn't it it's not funny. I don't think it's funny. Okay. But I'll tell you what I do think is funny. The birdcage. That's out of nowhere, but sure. I'm just still mad at you about it. I just wanted to bring it up. I can I feel like I can see where this is going, but you know what I'm going to say is really funny in that line in that uh scene where James Franco is about to ascend until he's flipping them the bird. Yeah. And he comes back down and he goes, what happened? And Danny McBride has a great line. He goes, because you were being petty, Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. I like anything like that. Like Corey and I do a lot of that where it's like, you know, I'm Tom Petty, right? Or like, you know, I'm I, I, Cor- the funniest one that Corey ever said was I'm Petty Murphy. <laughs> ah. Oh, that made me laugh. I did also think it was a really good callback to in the beginning, they're talking about writing a movie and James Franco was like, yeah, and then he eats me. And mm-hmm. Seth Rogen's like, like, why the fuck would you? And he's like, I don't know. I just thought that's a good way to go. Ha mm-hmm. ha ha. And then that's how it. Yeah. Like okay. on the TV before anything goes wrong, they see on the news about a big sinkhole opening up. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of moments of foreshadowing that end up panning out. Yeah. Uh, One that you might not notice. And, you know, maybe I should just be getting to the birds. I'm going to start talking like this. But. Everybody who is we see helping in the house ends up ascending. We don't see Jonah Hill ever helping out, like digging or anything mm-hmm. like that. Therefore, he doesn't get to go up. Uh, Danny McBride walks off. He doesn't get to go up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Another interesting thing. The movie originally ended with just them fading to white as they're ascending. And people, I guess, like during test screenings, they felt like they needed something more. So they'd already filmed the movie and they like called the Backstreet Boys asking if they would be willing to film something and i i guess the backstreet boys were like what have we been doing for the past 20 years sure (laughs) what do you mean what have we been doing they've been working they had a residency in vegas they're still putting out albums they're like still making music let's not act like they're super major no but they're definitely still working and listen i don't even particularly like the backstreet boys i'm just saying girl for life when they showed up in the last scene i said to myself oh my god they're back again yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have said that because they've been making music and they had a Vegas residency. And honestly, if anybody's back again, if anybody needs to be back streets back, it's the fucking guys from Insane. I guess it, it just seems very odd that you're like the Backstreet Boys have never left cultural relevancy. How could you say such a crazy thing? Well, if you were into what I'm into, you would know that. But instead, you like Channing Tatum being gay for Danny McBride movies. It's not about being gay. He's he is submissive. <laughs> it's like prison <laughs> rules got it yeah okay um do you have anything else to say no uh just besides do you want to hear some facts yes is that the order we do this in it's the order we're doing in right now (laughs) let's go i want the truth face the facts dokes facts have no place with an organized religion starting with our ratings imdb gives it a 6.6 out of 10 
on the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter, it has an 83%, with an average rating of 7.1 out of 10, 189 fresh reviews, and 40 rotten. The audience score is 71%, with an average score of 3.7 out of 5. The critics' consensus, energetic, self-deprecating performances, and enough guffaw-inducing humor make up for the flaws in This is the End's loosely written script. Couple of reviews. Uh, Larushka Ivan Zadeh from Metro UK. There are some terrific one-liners, most of them insults, but this is a string of character gags, not a film, and the narrative barely putters along. Hmm. Fair enough, Larushka. Um, Wesley Morris from Grantland. There's wonder here that films with quadruple the effects budget would kill for. Hmm. Glenn Kenny from MSN Movies. The movie definitely struck a chord with the crowd I saw it with, with a climax that brings bromance back. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Moulton from LeonardMoulton.com. Every time you think they've stretched this as far as they can go, Rogan and Goldberg go farther. And last one, Richard Roper. This is one of the most tasteless, ridiculous, and funniest comedies of the 21st century. Okay. Do you want to hear a couple letterboxed? Oh, you know I do. From Dunya. Part of me wishes that Michael Sarah is actually like this in real life. I disagree. I like wholesome. Did you see he had a great Super Bowl commercial? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that that was funny. Um, Sean Fennessy, even funnier, more idiosyncratic, and knowingly up its own ass than I'd remembered. A cool document of the overwhelming influence and odd power these guys wielded for a few years. Something that basically dissipated over the past 10 years. And McBride's entrance is the stuff of legends. As a riff on modern celebrity, this feels impossible now. Yeah, what happened to these guys? Well, James Franco, James Franco. So we've, we've talked about yeah. that already. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them still all work. Dean yeah, McBride but... wrote the past uh, the past three Halloween movies. Yeah, that tracks. Did you see the Halloween movies? You definitely didn't see those. Get the fuck out of here. No, I just... It tracks. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't because that's what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Back to Letterboxd. Muriel. Jonah, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Sorry. Big important thing to know. Jonah Hill got dragged by his ex-girlfriend for being like emotionally abusive. Yeah. Super uncool. Yeah. And I also have warm fuzzies for Jonah Hill, but not anymore. Yeah. I th- Jonah Hill. It's the classic funny person gets skinny. And they become less funny. Yeah, Ozempic. Yeah. Yeah, he's a psycho. Uh, from Muriel, Jonah Hill should have won two Oscars back-to-back in 2013 for this and The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, he was amazing. Uh, Liam, Checkmate Atheist. Hmm. And Robbie, this movie was ahead of its time for not letting James Franco into heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. The movie had a budget of $32 million. It grossed $126 million. It was directed by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, who have also directed The Interview, along with episodes of the TV shows Preacher and Future Man. The screenplay was also by Rogen and Goldberg, who also wrote Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, Pineapple Express, and Superbad. Stars Jay Baruchel as Jay Baruchel, who you may also know from How to Train Your Dragon, Blackberry, and Tropic Thunder. Seth Rogen is Seth Rogen, who you might know from Knocked Up, The Four-Year-Old Virgin, and Observant Report. James Franco is James Franco, who you may know from uh, 127 Hours, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and Spider-Man 1 to 3. Jonah Hill is Jonah Hill, who you might also know from Moneyball, 21 and 22 Jump Street, and Megamind. Craig Robinson is Craig Robinson, who you might know from The Office, Zack and Mary Make a Porno, and Hot Tub Time Machine. 
Mm-hmm. And Danny McBride as Danny McBride, who you may know from Eastbound and Down, The Righteous Gemstones, and The Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, the movie also won the 2014 NTV Movie Award for Best Musical Moment, with the Backstreet Boys reuniting in heaven. Mm. Mm. Uh, most of the paintings that are seen hanging in the background of James Franco's house were actually painted by James Franco. Oh, interesting. According to Seth Rogen, the plot his character suggests in the movie when he's asked what Pineapple Express 2 would be about was actually the real-life idea for a Pineapple Express sequel, which is probably why it never got made. But hmm. um, Initially, Michael Sarah was not actually slapping Rihanna's butt, but just making the motion and stopping right before touching her. As a result of the enclosed space forcing awkward camera angles, the scene was not working on camera because it looked too fake. Eventually, Sarah asked Rihanna if he could actually slap her butt. She said yes, but on the condition that she be allowed to actually smack him across the face each time. Ah. Michael Sarah agreed, but Rihanna neglected to mention, much to Sarah's chagrin, she would be slapping Sarah harder with each take. They did it three or four times, and Michael Sarah had to go lay down in a trailer for about half hour afterwards. Oh, wow. That's really funny. Uh, the main cast took significant pay cuts to help Rogan and Goldberg save money for the budget. Jay Baruchel admitted that despite all the hilarity and over-the-top nature, the movie was somewhat therapeutic because he felt some of the arguments and confrontations in the movie were, on some level, things the actors have actually wanted to say to each other at some point. Hmm. Uh, Emma Watson's role was originally written from Mila Kunis. That would have been better. You think? Yeah. I guess. I don't know what the the easier jokes would have been. Like, Hermione solo or shit, you know, it doesn't apply to Mila Kunis. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, she's significantly more attractive like it would make way more sense you about to act like emma watson's not attractive i just think it's apples and oranges but in a way that like i really like apples i guess they're both hollywood stars and i think anybody would think you're crazy for saying either one of them is unattractive okay well thank you for being so generous okay whatever According to Seth Rogen, about 50% of the movie was ad-libbed. Evan Goldberg said 85% at one point. Hmm. The dog that Seth Rogen is holding toward the end of the movie is his actual dog, Zelda. Uh, When Craig Robinson is pulled into heaven, the music playing is a church choir singing Take Your Panties Off. That's amazing. And Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg said in an interview they were originally going to have an additional scene during the end credits showing James Franco and Danny McBride smoking pot with Hitler in hell, but they felt it would be too much. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. And that is all the fun facts I've got. Okay. Gab, what are we doing next? Totally pitching. Here's my quick pitch. Pitch me hard. Here's the pitch. And pitch! You just pitch. I don't need to hear the pitch. You go first. Because I'm nervous. So... I'm calling for a remake where there's going to be a lot of ad-libbing still. Okay. It's going to be directed by the guy who made Euphoria. Okay. It's going to star Timothy Chalamet, Jenna Ortega, Zendaya. Are these as themselves? Oh, yeah. Okay. Barry Keown, Jacob Elordi, Taylor Swift, and Mr. Beast. And they're all making a vlog during the apocalypse for however many of their followers have survived. Why do you got to bring Taylor Swift into it? She's just very culturally relevant. I thought it made sense. Why is Mr. Beast in there? Why not? Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I am also proposing a remake, um, except mine is instead of a bunch of actors who... What, what sitcom is it the cast of this time? It's not. <laughs> I worked really hard to make sure it's not. It is, um, it's a bunch of actors who take themselves way too seriously. That's basically um, what I'm doing. Who, who are yours? Yeah, but mine are better. Cillian Murphy, Joaquin Phoenix, Shia LaBeouf, Jared Leto, Matthew McConaughey as the James Franco character, and Idris Elba. Why Idris Elba? Why'd he get thrown in there? Um, I don't know, but I made him the Jonah Hill. I feel like so. So let me let me clarify, because I wrote it out a little differently. Cillian Murphy as Seth Rogen, Joaquin Phoenix as Jay Baruchel, Shia LaBeouf as Danny McBride, Jared Leto as Craig Robinson. Matthew McConaughey as James Franco and Idris Elba as Jonah Hill. I just think he has the chops for it. He's like going to be overly nice and then end up possessed. I think I dig yours better. I know mine is I, I better. Think, this I is three in a row. I think only for Shia LaBeouf and Jared Leto somehow. Jared Leto should be the Danny McBride though, because Jared Leto leading a cult at the end makes too much sense. No, Shia. Well, maybe, but Shia. Maybe LaBeouf just switch that so that Jared Leto is the one who owns the cult. But yeah, I, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has to Shia LaBeouf screaming constantly. Yeah, I dig it. I could see it. He, he brings you. the paper bag back onto his head at one point. Yep, yeah, yep. But it's it's specifically like they're not arguing about like their petty friendships. They're arguing about like being a very serious actor. I also. I kind of want it to be Shia LaBeouf's house too, though, because I want them to come across like even Stevens props. <laughs> no, oh, oh <laughs> like maybe, a Louis Stevens standee or something. It's got to be Matthew McConaughey because he is the one who's like arguably worth the most. He's the most. He's the one who's like got the cool house. All right, all right, all right. Like it's got to be Matthew. That, McConaughey. that makes sense because he's enough of yeah. like less of a very heavy personality for them. Um, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. But also with Shia LaBeouf, I want like Renz and Bean to fall in the the sinkhole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they could be at the party for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I dig it. I dig it. I, I've won. So far, I've won all of them. You literally said last time that I won, but that's fine. Mm. Okay, two out of three. Okay. Who's keeping count, though? <laughs> Apparently you. What? Okay. Enough with you, you son of a bitch. Let's get to some mail. Fine. Mail time! When you control the mail, you control information. Mom asked me to ask you if there's any mail for us here by mistake. What? All right, so first we got a comment on Jerry Maguire from our biggest fan, Scotty Cam. Well, what's up? So he said, yes, Jack Reacher in the novel. So this is going back to me talking about somebody, somebody I knew was very upset that Tom Cruise was Jack Reacher. Uh-huh. Jack Reacher in the novels is a six foot eight mountain of a man who previously worked in CID. I don't know what that is. Before becoming a drifter, living off of his pension. Oh, that's that's the dream. I, I'll be a drifter if I get a pension. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, Lee Child, the author of the novels, describes Reacher as an unstoppable force and his size contributes to that aspect. So five foot seven Tom Cruise doesn't fit the bill. I'm the same height as Tom Cruise. Good for you. My license says five eight. Wow, you you could get arrested for that. No, you can't. Maybe. Also, I think I'm I'm close enough. I'm like five seven and a half. No, you're not. I'm a tall boy. Uh huh. No, I'm I'm just close enough to average height that it makes me feel fine about it. Um. Okay, sure. All right, whatever. You're short. You're shorter than me. 
I am proudly. Okay. I don't know why you're proud of that. I think that was more of the director of the film, Christopher McQuarrie, finding ways to make crews work as Jack Reacher, despite the obvious height barrier. So McQuarrie and the crew crafted the action sequences in that film to make Cruz out to be an intimidating character who you wouldn't want to mess with. Uh, the second Jack Reacher film, Never Go Back, based on the book of the same name, did make it obvious that Cruz was horribly miscast in the part because the director of that film, Edward Zwick, wasn't quite as skilled as McQuarrie when it came to masking Cruz's height and instead relied on elevated platforms to make Cruz tower over his opponents. I've never worn a platform shoe. Although I did try on Giselle's heels one time because she wanted to see if I could walk in them. And you know what? It's hard to be a woman. Obviously, for more reasons than that, but fuck that. But also, your foot surely didn't fit into the shoe. Not quite, but my calves yeah. looked great. I'm sure they did. Congrats. Um. Then when Cruz didn't have the platforms, he was clearly shorter than his co-stars Kobe Smulders and Aldous Hodge. It was Jack Reacher Never Go Back that made Child realize that Cruz was wrong part for Reacher, hence why Alan Richardson, who's six foot five, was cast in the show, and Cruz actually congratulated Richardson on earning the role. Funnily enough, Richardson auditioned to play Reacher for the films, but lost to Cruz. As far as the films go, Cruz's performance in general was good, and he did what he could to be convincing in the role. Then again, that's probably because Cruz is a naturally good actor, and he's in his element in the Jack Reacher films. Playing generic action man. I have nothing to add. That's good. So I'll move on to the next comment, which is from okay. Scotty Cameron. Uh, also on Jerry Maguire, I'll always be on the side of owning physical media is better than relying on digital and streaming platforms for entertainment, whether it's movies, TV, gaming, music, books, or comics, because the physical copy never goes away, even when companies lose distribution rights to an intellectual property. Dylan's iTunes comment made me think back to when JC pulled all of his music off of Spotify from 2017 to 2019. So the only songs of his available on Spotify were collabs he did, such as uh, the Collision Course EP with Linkin Park, because Linkin Park kept their music on Spotify. That's uh, what does Jay Z own? He owns. Is it called Title? Title. Yeah. Correct. Do people use that? No, it didn't work. I I wouldn't be surprised if. It, let's Google it because I'm pretty sure it's dead. I don't let's think so. Up. There's got to be people out there using it. Oh yeah, it's still alive. Yeah. Just not our thing. Yeah. Uh, wow. It made it so those were the only songs by Jay-Z I could listen to, which wasn't that much of an issue for me because I love Linkin Park anyway. However, if I just wanted to listen to plain Jay-Z, I couldn't do it unless I had the physical CDs or paid for iTunes. Pretty much meant that Eminem, Fort Minor, Exhibit, Bad Meets Evil, and Royce the Five Nine dominated the rap music I listened to when I wanted to take a break from listening to rock and metal music like Linkin Park, Nirvana, Bullet for My Valentine, Grey Days, Three Days Grace, Saint, Asonia, and Deftones. Corey I know loves some of Royce the Five Nine. Really? Yeah, I didn't know who that was, but um, he is five foot nine, which makes him, Dylan, two inches taller than you. I'm Dylan to five seven. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> that is how I wish people introduced themselves. Like, <laughs> I never want to ask somebody's height again. Just like the moment I meet somebody, it'll be like, Corey to six one. Like, <laughs> you think Corey is six one? To me, he's like seven feet tall, guys. What, <laughs> what is he actually? Five eleven? He's he is actually, and I think this is something he's very proud of. He's very honest about his height. He is five eleven and a half. All right, round that up. He's six foot. Yeah, but the hair, the hair gives him a lot of height. He 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 plays taller. See, that's what I'm going for. Until the hair is gone, I get an extra inch out of it. Exactly. Yep. There we go. And it's on your license and everything. It is. Um, where was I? I at least have some Lincoln Park and Deftone CDs I can play if those bands ever decide to pull their music from Spotify. Same applies to streaming platforms. Imagine if Peacock decided to pull the office from the library. The only way to watch it is to subscribe to another streaming platform or have the DVD, Blu-ray, 4K box sets or pirate it. Which 
I do own the office just in case. If the world ever comes crumbling down and only one man has a copy left, I'll have it. You have all of it? Yeah, I bought the complete series. I bought it for Giselle. How many DVDs? Um, I don't think it's that many. I think it's like 24 DVDs or something. That feels like a lot. I was expecting you to say six. <laughs> I might be wrong, actually. I think it might be one disc per season, so it might be nine. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, because of Peacock, The Office exists only in my memory, much like the Titanic. You know what I heard today? I was listening to, you remember Alex, who was a guest on the Bones and All episode? Uh-huh, yep. I was listening to his podcast, You Are Good, and mm -hmm. they were doing an episode um, about Twister, but somehow it comes up that on the day of 9-11, James Cameron was actually in a submersible looking at the Titanic. And when he came up, he was told about 9-11 by Bill Paxton. What? Like, imagine being that famous that I was like, yeah, my buddy Billy told me about 9-11 that day. That's crazy. Wow. That's like a lot of, of parts of my brain all coming together. Wow. It's um, a weird con confluence. It did. This is a silly question, and I'm sorry, I could Google it, but I'm going to ask you. James Cameron, Twister? No. Um, no, it's no, okay. Jan de Bond, who is more oh, famous as course. a cinematographer. I yes. think he might have done Die Hard. You know that Twister gave me extreme trauma as a child, right? Really? So not the movie. I've actually never seen the movie. The trauma I received from Twister came by way of the ride experience at Universal Studios as a kid. You go through, and I don't remember if you're walking or if you're in a car or something, but I was with my parents. I had to have been, I don't know, six or seven at the most. And I don't know if you've been, but there's fire and there's a, a tornado and there's rain and you get wet and there the fire is very close and you feel the heat and there's a cow and I fucking freaked out. Complete total meltdown. And I have been petrified of both the movie Twister and tornadoes ever since. I had a very similar experience with the King Kong ride where mm. I hadn't even gone on the ride and I was like, crying i've got to be like seven or eight years old and i was like we're gonna die guys like i was like i can't do this and i don't know it must have taken them at least like 10 to 15 minutes to like convince me like it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine get on the ride get on the ride and once i finally got on the ride i was like oh this is great he's, he's, he's an adorable big monkey guy it's fine yeah yeah i didn't see twister until i feel like a couple of years ago Giselle showed it to me and i was like you know what this is fun mm, interesting not very scary so I texted you not that long ago and I said, oh, my God, they're remaking Twister. And then I said, oh, don't mind me. It's Twisters. But apparently they are related somehow. They say it's not a remake. They say it's not quite a sequel. But there's de there's going to be at least like references to, I'm sure, the movie Twister in the movie Twisters. Mm, OK, yeah. um, I will if not be looking seeing for it. a really bad movie with tornadoes into the storm. Sharknado. I love Sharknado. Do you? I have seen all six Sharknado movies. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, I don't want to watch it because I don't want to see the, the tornado part. Gab, your mind will be able to process the very fake tornadoes or Sharknado. You'll be okay. Nope. I don't think so, Dylan. I didn't My know that this is your secret fear. The very fake tornadoes in the Universal Studio lot ride. 
You're a grown woman. You can do it. Nope. Sorry. That's going to be my next pick. <laughs> um, the physical copies will never disappear, so those are worth worthwhile. <laughs> Let's see here. Last comment here from Scotty Cameron on Groundhog Day. Live, die, repeat. Live, die, repeat. Live, die, repeat. Wait, wrong time loop movie. That's Edge of Tomorrow, not Groundhog Day. Have you seen any other like movies with the same concept as Groundhog Day? I feel nope. like we might have discussed that. No. No, okay. Next comment on Groundhog Day from Lenola Cola. To be honest, I only remember this film for the Ned Punch. Also, movie night featuring Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day, and Happy Death Day to you. And you know what? I'd be down for that. Something else. <laughs> Whoa. Ooh. Do you get the reference to Groundhog um, Day? Yes. Well, hey, what are you doing for dinner? Something else. Something or what are you else. doing later? Yeah. Yep. And this last comment is from your boy on one of our shorts, which the guy's name is your boy, but I, w- I just want to refer to every listener now as here's a comment from your boy. <laughs> uh, your boy Stop to your five, boy. six. Like, <laughs> We found the one person keeping Teen Titans Go on the air because you said you like Teen Titans Go. Oh, <laughs> sorry, guys. People really hate that show. I don't know why. It is so it's such a pleasant little show. It's because people were really attached to the more I don't want to say adult, but like the more adult version from the early 2000s, which I loved that show, too. But you just got to understand that it's like this is a more kid friendly, more just like having fun with it version. Nothing wrong. Yeah, with it. And it's it's so lighthearted i don't know i like now anytime i see the teen titans and it's serious or the tight are they teens all the time is it always yeah. teen titans okay they never grow i'm up. always like i i didn't know if maybe they were teens and the kids version and they're the middle-aged titans for everybody else um but i was just i just it doesn't sit well with me i want it to be silly and funny they're teenagers did you see teen titans go to the movies by the way no uh actually maybe there is a song. Robin sings a song, my superhero movie. And you know what? It slaps. I think I do remember that. This was years ago, right? This has got to be like 2016, 2017. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. It is on my Spotify playlist and it's great. Of course it is. And of course it is. That's all I got. Um, should we get to the verdicts for this is the end? It's judgment day. You should have said this is the end of the mail. Oh, or do not. There is no try. The guilty will be punished. Sentence is death. Yeah, it's my movie. I'll go first. I think that one, this is a great concept that I'm shocked. I think that one, this is a great concept that I'm shocked hasn't been done more. I did not cut around the fact that my voice just gave out for a second there. I am fine. Cracking like oh. a prepubescent teenager. <laughs> I, I was talking like this. Like it was just gone for a second there. Okay. I'm fine though. Okay. I think this is a great oh, concept. Pause. Pause. Did you watch the Super Bowl halftime show? Of course I watched the Super Bowl halftime show. Did you hear Alicia Keys' horrific voice crack? Yes. And you heard that they removed it when they posted it on YouTube? No. Yes. When the NFL posted it on their YouTube channel, it's like, they smoothed out the audio. They did something so that there's no voice crack anymore. Well, you know, she cracked like two other times. I didn't really notice the other times. Like, I, you know, I wasn't listening that strictly for her voice cracks, but 
yeah, that's not cool. Don't rewrite reality. It happened. Ooh, we were there. Wow. It, yeah. That is so crazy. Um. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, it, it's the like thing if is... the, uh, it's also like if the NFL posted a clip of like Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, but she just had more clothes underneath. Like, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. We know what yeah. happened. Like, we know what happened. It's just like the the voice crack to me. It's like, listen, I couldn't get up there and sing that song. My voice would crack like crazy. Like, good for you, Alicia Keys. You're still Alicia Keys, but also you have one job. You didn't warm up beforehand. You, you know what I mean? Like, or if you are under the, if you understand that you're sick or you're whatever, then like, don't belt it. I guess. I also imagine, I wonder if nerves are a thing too. You're performing in front of a mass Maybe, audience. But again, this is your job. You've been doing this for like 15 plus That's years, true, maybe yeah. more. Come on. Also, um, after the voice crack, you could tell she just kind of gave up. <laughs> <laughs> she just gave up it was really it was really and then she cracked a few more times not as noticeable but Corey and i noticed and we were like ah and it was just like yikes but otherwise really good i guess Very the, i thought Jackson. it was really good i guess that's why yeah. a lot of people lip sync it too like somebody had said that her like obviously wasn't playing the guitar when she came out and i was like i hadn't thought about it until i saw the clip on twitter like the next day and i was like she definitely wasn't <laughs> yeah i hadn't thought about that either but usher was definitely singing and that roller skating yeah, the roller skating didn't do it for me, but the Michael Jackson stuff did. Well, as somebody who couldn't do roller skates to save their life, he roller skated through Will I Am's legs. He did. Will I Am got fat. Will I Am, how is he still here? Like, why are you still around culturally? I mean, what else is he doing? You know, I guess like, wow. He probably produces music for some. Little John looks great for a guy in his like mid fifties. Do you know that Lil John has been sober this whole time? Like he always was. Yeah, like he has never he's he doesn't drink or do drugs ever. What a twist. As a guy who also doesn't really drink or do drugs, I could never be like, I'm the party man. Like I know. He's like but the human he, Kool-Aid. That's why man. he looks you know so I mean? good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But that's why he looks so good. Um, Ludacris, very handsome. I guess. He looked funny with the the pads on a little bit. Yeah, that was yeah. a little ridiculous. Um, anyway, uh, is it my turn? Or are you Well, you never really let me finish there. Okay, go ahead. You went pause and then you went matter. <laughs> That's how I like it. No, I think it's a great concept. I think if you love that meta humor, you're really going to enjoy this. It's such a cool, it is a very cool time capsule. It's so cool to see them playing themselves. It's cool to see who shows up and it's legitimately really funny, I think. Um, so I'm going to say it's Moonwatch Before You Die and I think you should give it a shot if you definitely haven't seen it. I would highly recommend. Gab, tell me tell me why you disagree, you son of a bitch. So... I I actually went in with really high hopes because I do really think that the concept is cool. And I'm going to be honest, I think if it were a different cast um, or a different vibe, I probably would have loved it. And I'm not even talking about like, let's make it girls. I mean, like if it were, I don't know. Anybody that isn't in this very specific. If it were the 90s and it's Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, David Spade, and Chris yes. Farley. Wow. Yes. Absolutely. One million percent. Yes, 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 yes. There is something about this group that I don't like. That's fair. And I don't. I, I The only thing I can say to you is that it's like very gross, disgusting boy dick humor. And I don't I, think I it's I realized funny. as Danny McBride is going. I'll come wherever I like talking about yeah. the quarterback. I was like, 
this is not gap humor. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not that I'm offended by it. I just don't think it's funny. Like, I'll come wherever I want. Like, uh -huh. I'm like a fire hose. Uh -huh. It's like, it, it, it's it's like, uh, I just you don't, have brothers I don't who told you how to aim. No, I grew up in a household of women. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just don't think it's funny. Yeah, it's fair. And that's not to say that other people can't think it's funny. I just don't personally think it is. And I wanted to like it. And I think exactly like you said, if it were that group of guys, it would be a different type of humor. It probably would have landed better for me. Um, it didn't do it. I, I also, and I don't know why, but I do have a thing with like all of these like kind of beloved, wholesome seeming people being like really disgusting that I'm like, oh, like I didn't, I, I liked it better when they were more wholesome seeming. Well, that's why you got Paul Rudd there. Um, yeah, and I and that's why I love that. But I was like, oh, I love Michael Sarah. I don't want this. Like, I didn't ask for this. Um, well, I think I I feel like I'd be surprised if Michael Sarah wanted to have anything else be done with this character because I imagine for Michael Sarah, he's often typecast into the same role. So I think it was probably 100%. a lot of fun for him to do something so outlandish for him. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, that's fine. I'm literally like he just and, he and Jesse about Eisenberg consuming. get stuck in that same box. Yeah, well, Jesse yeah. Eisenberg sucks. He's the but, less um, funny, Michael Sarah. Yes, I, I really, really, really wanted to like it, and I have to be honest with you, I just didn't. And it really was not the fault of the movie; it was just that it's not for me. Which um, is fair. Did you like hate it, or it was like it was funny, just didn't hit that level? There were parts of it that were funny. Um, okay. I think there were parts of it that were not in that realm of humor that I was like like the like the jokes that I mentioned like about the gluten and stuff like that um you know when when I don't know that with when they're playing with the gun bang 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 like yeah. there were there were moments that were more funny to me um and then there were moments that I just thought like anytime something goes like so off the rails of ridiculousness that it's like supposed to make you laugh because of how absurd it is like I don't think absurdism is all that funny um and I definitely don't think that dick humor is funny um and Which there's, I, a, there's a good amount of in there so that's fair it's totally so fair. much and I wish I did. I, I hate to be a killjoy. I wish that I thought it was funny. But even when I was a little kid and like people would draw dicks, I just didn't think it was funny. You could put a top hat on it. You can make it a tap dance. I don't know. I don't think it's funny. I'll tell you what is funny, though. Laughing at somebody's dick. What? That, that always makes people upset. Go ahead. Try it. Next time you see a dick, start laughing. See the reaction you get. I mean, that's I don't funny. intend to see him anytime humor. soon unless I'm just living it myself, which I normally just <laughs> cry. Ahead. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, give it a shot. Okay. Not yeah, where I expected sorry, this Del to end up. I do feel like I'm disappointed that this isn't a type of movie we see more often. Where it's the people playing themselves, taking advantage of like, what's this celebrity known for type of thing. Because yeah, yeah, I do yeah. think that you could make this once every 10 years with a new comedic cast. And like yeah. have it be a totally different movie with a totally different sense of humor, but the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that concept works for sure. Like I like your overly serious version. I think there's probably a lot of humor to be mined in that. Absolutely. I think and I also, I'm... it should have been my pitch, the 90s version. Yeah, that was great. They're both great. Throw Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy in there too. Oh, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, yeah. totally. All well, right. Sorry about your shitty movie, but it didn't do it for me. Well, that came on harsh at the end, but that's okay. Um, what do we say at the end of this, Gab? Uh, 
moviespotsbeforeyoudie at gmail.com, anchor.fm slash movies to watch, link tree below. Hall There's of a link Pods tree in the description network. below. We're part of the Hall of Pods podcasting network, and you can find their link tree below for our podcasting friends. Venmo me. That's in the link tree below for Movies to Watch Before You Die. You can find Gab's Venmo and other things. Have people ever Venmoed Gab? Yes. Keen Machine and maybe Scotty Cameron also. They each sent you like a dollar or something. Yeah. 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 It might have been more than that. But yeah, you know, there's Whatever still it was, time. It's, it's more than you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Come back okay. next week when we'll talk about another movie. Yeah. We gots to go. <laughs> we gots to go. I actually just adopted this uh, incontinent spaniel. She's a really beautiful soul. Her name's Aja. Aja? Yeah. How do you spell it? A-H-J-H-A-I. A-H-A-I. You want to see a picture of her? Aja. She's so hey. sweet. Look at her. Aww. You know, she can't bark. She doesn't know how. So She doesn't know how to bark. She doesn't know how to bark. So I've tried to teach her, and she, she just kind of screams. And so she was up, had her face smushed against the cage, and was like, ah!